Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye, baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Upper deck, goodbye, baseball. Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Yes, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here once again. Certainly appreciate it. Oh, I hope you had fun last night. That was spectacular as the Mariners beat the Astros in a beauty of a ball game. 2-0 in the final. James Paxton was unbelievable. Garrett Cole was awesome as well. Just two pitchers going at it. A old, an old-fashioned pitcher's duel. Both dealing, the Mariners end up winning 2-0 the final. We're going to break it all down coming up in a few minutes. Also in this podcast, after we break down the game last night, Robert Ford, broadcaster for the Astros, will be with us. Gives us a view on what's going on with the Houston Astros now. They've lost five games in a row after losing last night to the Mariners. Now 3-7 and seven in their last 10 ball games. And Robert Ford, always great conversation with Robert and he gives us a really good insight on what's going on with the Houston Astros so that comes up in just a few minutes also a busy day on the trade front as well we'll hear from Jerry Depoto as he pulled off two deals for bullpen arms and by the time you're listening to this if you're listening in the morning we'll just be a few hours away from the deadline by the time you're listening the deadline may be here and gone so Maybe more moves by the time you're listening to this. Uh, so we'll hear about the two trades that were made yesterday by Jerry Depoto. Mariners now 63-43, and 43, again 20 games up. A's won yesterday. They're 62-46. and 46. They beat Toronto 10-1. to 1. So they are five games back of the Astros, two games back of the Mariners. Such big swings when you're playing the Mariners, when the Mariners are playing the Astros and the A's. Mariners now three games behind the Houston Astros in the division. Astros 67 and 41. Mariners 63 and 43 on the season. And this is a game where the starters were just lights out. Garrett Cole was unbelievable. He was rolling along, but James Paxton, he gave up a couple hits in the first inning. And after that, just racking up the K's and really just dominating. Here's the set by James. And the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a pitch in the dirt for strike three. Zunino knocks it down. Walking away from home plate is Gonzalez. A strikeout for Paxton. His fourth of the night. And that's it for Gonzalez and the Astros here in the fourth. When it was all said and done, Paxton had retired 20 of the last 21 hitters he saw in the ballgame. Two outs, nobody on. The one-two pitch from Paxton. Swung on and missed, struck him out. What an inning for James Paxton. Seven strong, eight strikeouts. He's got a 2-0 lead here at Safeco Field. You just couldn't ask for more. Paxton, seven innings, three-hit ball, no runs, no walks, eight punch-outs on 82 pitches, his pitch count was going to be between 80 and 90, 82, and he gave the Mariners seven. 
spectacular innings with a glorious mustache all at the same time. Mustache has to say now, when you go seven scoreless, when you have an ERA of 0.00 with a fantastic mustache, you keep that fantastic mustache. So James Paxton was just fabulous in this one. Mariners couldn't get much going against Garrett Cole, who was just dirty. He was ridiculous. Mariners with two outs. Gene Segura picks up the very first hit for the Mariners in the sixth inning. Span follows with a base hit, so there's two on for Nelson Cruz, who with two outs comes up huge. First pitch to Nelly. Off-speed pitch, swung on, down the left field line. Here comes Gene, he's going to score. Span digging for third. He's getting a wave on. The ball bounced around out in left field. Throwing the plate. Is that he tied? He beats the tag. It's 2 nothing Mariners. Nelson Cruz goes to second on the throw. Nelson Cruz with a big moment for Seattle here in the sixth. Huge moment. This was a tight game in the eighth inning. Colomay on, who's been outstanding as of late for the Mariners. He hasn't given up a run in a while. Facing a situation with two on, two outs. Bregman so dangerous at the dish, but he would put the inning away. Here's the stretch. The runners go. The 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Alex Colomay with maybe his biggest strikeout of the 2018 season. Bregman strikes out, and that will retire the side. And then Edwin Diaz comes on for save number 40. Eddie's standing there like a statue, has the sign, the 0-1 pitch, swing and a high fly ball in the left field, over toward the corner, to the one he tracks, Span is there, near the wall, he makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners shut out the Astros, 2-0, Sugar with a save, how sweet it is. The Mariners take game one of the big three-game series over the Houston Astros, a combined four-hit shutout for the Mariners. What a night, and for Edwin Diaz, only four Mariners pitchers have reached 40 saves in a season. (laughs) He's done it before July is over, which is ridiculous and hard to believe, but it's what's happened. Edwin Diaz finishes it off. The Mariners get a huge win against the Astros. M's getting closer now to Houston. James Paxton, outstanding. He'll talk about his start. And his wonderful mustache. Yeah, I mean, it felt really good. Um, didn't have to think about my back once, which is great, you know. And that's kind of the point I wanted to get to before I came back. I feel like if I had come back a start before this, I would have been out there thinking about my back, and uh, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to compete like I did tonight. We saw you hit 96, 97 in the first inning. How much of that was a statement to prove to either yourself or maybe anybody else out there that the back was okay? Yeah, I mean, I just I wanted to go out there and let it rip, you know, because that's what I have to do to compete at my best, and. Uh, my back was totally fine, you know. Like I said, didn't have to think about it once, which was great. Yeah, I mean, heck, he had a no hitter going. I think into the seventh, didn't he? He was he was lights out tonight. It was it was going quick. I wasn't getting much rest in between innings. It was just heading right back out. Um, so it was a good good game for us. You know, great job by the guys getting those runs in the seventh inning there. Really battled against a really good pitcher on their side. And uh, we did a great job as a team. If you hadn't thrown in a game in 19 days, I mean, was there some rust on the first inning? There were some balls up. It looked like second inning, then on, you really settled in. Yeah, I think the uh, the breaking pitches early, I was just trying to get a feel for those. Um, 
And then, kind of like you said, the second inning came around, and I threw a few more of them, and I started to get a feel uh, as the game went on for those pitches. Can I ask, what's going on with your face right now? The mustache, yeah. Um, my wife, uh, over the break, told me I should try shaving it in, so I did. And uh, she likes it, so happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> so it's staying in as well? I guess, yeah, for now. It works. James, the final bat of your face, felt three straight 98 to Marlon Gonzalez. Talk about you struggled with the breaking ball early. Get him on the breaking ball early. How good were you feeling at the end of that game? Yeah, at the end I felt really good. You know, especially after they scored those two runs, I was coming out, um, you know, both barrels just letting it rip. And uh, body felt good, rhythm felt good. I was uh, able to reach back and get a little more. Was it even a tick surprising to you that you did have the command that you did that you felt as good as you did having the layoff that you had? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't thinking about that. It was just uh, seeing the pitch and throwing it as hard as I could, um, and everything felt good. Had some good feel. Uh, Mike did a great job behind the plate, mixing the, mixing the pitches up and stuff. Um, it, was, uh, it was a great team game. It was a great team game. It was just a great game, great atmosphere. The crowd was outstanding. Uh, they were on their feet, a ton of noise. It was spectacular. Here's what Scott Service had to say after the game. He was fresh. <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, the big maple was fresh tonight. What, what an outing. Uh, what a pitching uh, ball game, both sides. Uh, you know, Cole was uh, about as good as you can get. Uh, you know, and Pax was right there matching him back and forth. Uh, you know, probably uh, one of the top uh, you know, pitching games that we've seen all year, certainly on both sides of the, uh, of the, of the ball. But uh, you know, Pax was, was really, once he got in a groove, it was great to see. I didn't really expect him to go seven innings tonight, quite frankly. You know, going into the game, we're kind of monitors, pitches, and see where we're at. But, you know, he was very efficient. He got on a nice roll, got some uh, early in the count swings into outs, uh, which really helped him get deeper in the ball game. But, uh, you know, can't say enough. It's hard. You know, you don't go out there for 18, 19 days, whatever it was, and, and go out and dominate a, a really good team like that. It, it's not that easy. But it's nice to have him back. Nice to have him back in our rotation. Um, he's, a, he's happy to be back and, and quite a performance tonight. Having Oh, no doubt. He's going to be key for us you know, down the stretch. Everybody's got that horse, you know, that they got to. Nice to be able to go to once every five days, knowing that you know he's going to get you deep in the ball game. He's going to keep you right there, and the rest of the team feels it. You know they've been out there, they've seen a no hitter, they've seen some some outstanding outings by him all year. So uh, it's, it's a nice shot in the arm tonight. Um, you know, and offensively, you know, just enough. Uh, you know, their guy was dealing, and uh, we found a way to. Couple guys on Segura, D-span uh, hit, and you know Cruzy uh, got a breaking ball. I think a slider he hit down the line, and that was about it. But uh, you know, tight ball game. The fans were into it. It was you know good atmosphere here tonight, and uh, I think it'll be that way the rest of the homestand. How did the approach kind of evolve to what we saw in the sixth our guy's just trying to square it up. <laughs> I mean, he's really good. Uh, when he's got that kind of command and life on his fastball and then the breaking pitches he was throwing as well. Um, you know, you, you want to say, oh, you don't want to get deep in the count. You're going to be aggressive. But then you go up there and you make outs on the first pitch. You know, you go back and forth with it. I think you can't overthink it. Um, you know, you get up there, you try to get a good pitch. Um, you know, hope he makes a mistake. Uh, he left a couple balls up for our guys. Uh, you know, and it all kind of starts on that first hit when you kind of break through. You know, Segura getting the, the infield hit. D-Span stuck, uh, you know, hung in on a breaking ball. Uh, got the base hit up the middle. And, uh, you know, our guys felt really good in the dugout. It's just a matter of getting the first couple guys on base and, and see if we can get a big hit. And, and we got it tonight. Uh, 
it, it did. It, you know, he had got him in, in the stretch, uh, and you know, we, we started getting some pitches on him a little bit. Uh, you know, which you know, not easy to do as he was he was rolling along pretty good. Denard Span hustling around from personal foot. What's your reaction to scoring and slamming the tight yeah, you know, Denard's excited to be here. He's been a big part. Well, you know, what a trade that was between him and Colome coming in and what they've done uh, to, to help our ball club. And, and Denard's enjoying himself. I think he's, uh, he's having a good time with the guys. He's been a big contributor here. Um, I think he's getting more and more comfortable in left field. And the, the quality of the bats have really been there from, from the get-go. Uh, the minute we got him, he has the ability to slow the game down, work pitches, work counts. And, uh, you know, he can run the bases a little bit yet, too. Yeah, I thought D. Gordon was going to run out there too and <laughs> help out from the dugout. But uh, yeah, our guys, you know, doing the right thing. And I know Scott's really done a good job all year. Uh, you know, it's you know, you know, it happens so fast out there, and, and understanding the ball carrying off, you know, the side rail or the padding there, and, and you got to take a shot in the the point in the game where we were at. But. Uh, you know, it was a big runs, exciting games. You know, it's just hard to score uh, in these games against their pitch, and you know, we got enough tonight. Max talked about wanting to be 100 percent. The White skipped over the last start. How big was that for him to be, go out there and have everything today? Well, really important, uh, no question. I think this is one of the reasons we were cautious. You know, everybody wanted to get him out there as quick as possible, but uh, you know, nobody knows his body like he does, and you have to trust the players, and, and we certainly do. And you know, we're, we're playing for the uh, uh, the rest of the season. We're not just playing for one start. So, definitely was the right call. Uh, I look forward to seeing him out there again in five days. Yeah, I think mean, you know if you if you flip on MLB Network or, or ESPN, Alex Bregman's Bregman's been in the middle of a lot of big you know rallies and what they do late in the game. He's probably been about as clutch player in the league this year. Uh, but you know Alex Colomay has been around the league too, and uh, he's able to execute pitches uh, there. Three two made his pitch. Um, you know didn't back off, didn't get too big, get caught up in the moment, just kept working through it, and uh, it's great to see. We needed it. I thought. Uh, Cole amazing. That's about as stressed out or, or as much he's been pushed to the limit. I thought that the Reddick at bat, the 10 pitch at bat, which he eventually won, takes a lot out of a reliever, you know, and, and where he was at, it was creeping up close to 30 pitches there. So uh, a huge pitch, you know, glad to get through it. And got the win. Does not get any easier tonight. 7-10 first pitch, Charlie Morton. So <laughs> no chance to breathe any easier. You go from Garrett Cole to Charlie Morton, the all-star Having a wonderful season, 11-2, and two, a 2.89 ERA. Mike Leak will go for the M's, 8-6 with a 4-1-5. So game two of the series, Mariners looking for a series win tonight. We'll talk more about the Astros in just a second. But first, let's talk some deals that were made yesterday. Uh, one deal that was made, two relievers coming in for the Mariners. Adam Warren, one of those deals, coming over from the Yankees. He spent... He has spent the majority of his career with the Yankees, in fact, almost his entire career with the Yankees, 246 games and parts of seven seasons. The Cubs in 2016, 29 games and just part of that season, mostly out of the bullpen. He has uh, 21 starts in his major league career, but he has been a very good bullpen arm, just kind of squeezed out by – so some of the moves the Yankees have made to improve their bullpen and Warren right now, the odd man out. And so the Mariners picking him up a two seven zero ERA this year in 30 innings pitched 37 strikeouts 
along the way, just three home runs allowed. Last year, a lot of the same, two, three, five ERA in 46 games, 57 and a third innings, 54 punch outs for the New York Yankees, and he's really been able to handle right-handers on his career, but this year in particular. How about a 169 batting average against righties this year with one home run allowed? So he has been a very, very effective relief pitcher in the big leagues. And the Mariners will get him. Also, Zach Duke coming over from the Minnesota Twins, although Duke has been on a number of major league teams, was a starter early in his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates, has really settled into one of the premier lefty relievers in major league baseball. He has spent time with the Pirates and Cardinals, Nationals, White Sox, Twins, Diamondbacks, Reds, and Brewers, and now will be playing for the Seattle Mariners this year with the Twins in 37 and a third innings, 39 strikeouts, an ERA of 362. But you look at the peel back some of the numbers even further against lefties. He's really handled lefties as he usually does. 237 batting average against. No home runs allowed, just two extra base hits allowed this year against lefties. So Jerry DePoto uh, caught up with the media after making these two moves. And, of course, the one the day before as well, or a couple days before with the Cardinals. So adding three relievers in the last handful of days. Here's what Jerry DePoto said about the moves. Well, we've been busy for the last couple of days. This is just the, the getting it across the goal line with these two deals and uh, a lot of time on the telephone, a lot of meetings internally, and, and a lot of different discussions on how we can make those you know, adjustments or additions that help our team get better, that were realistic acquisitions for us, and, and we think these two are. You said uh, about a week ago the bullpen would be a big guy's move, and you've seen that happen. Yeah, it's what, that, that's just generally how the trade deadline usually works. And, you know, today, obviously, a pretty heavy dose of bullpen guys on the move. And, and really, so far in the deadline period. But even for us, with now with Duke and with Adam Warren and with Sam Tuiviala and even Alex Colomay, you know, to add that, that kind of depth to your bullpen through in season is something we're pretty happy with. To add three in two days is pretty extreme. How does this impact what Scott Service has to work with and what you have as a pitching staff? Uh, extreme is what we do. <laughs> I think uh, as, a, as a staff, this gives us, you know, with, with Tui and, and with Adam Warren, gives us guys who really have neutralized right-hand hitters very well, who are also capable of throwing multi-innings through the course of an outing. And in Adam's case, a guy who has been battle-tested in meaningful innings for championship-type competition. Uh, on the big stage. Zach Duke does just the opposite. He wakes out the left-hand side, and he has done it for, you know, playoff caliber clubs, and he's done it for a number of years. And the combination of Duke and Pazos, Warren and Tuiviala with the group that we already have down there, I think gives Scott a kind of really anything he wants to do once the the fifth inning comes around. We have the ability to do that now and not – just burden anybody with too much workload and that's that's part of this too is just trying to make sure that that each guy we send out there does his job and maybe taking the burden off the next guy he has allowed six of his nine runs over the last month so what have you seen recently from him 
uh, I sign me up if he's given up nine earned runs in you know two thirds of a season. It's a uh, he's he's really been very good, and his his road splits are actually extraordinary. So we're, we're hoping he just wants to stay in a hotel for the rest of the season <laughs> while while playing here in Seattle. He's Adam Warren's been a very good big league pitcher throughout the course of his career. He's flown under the radar. He has started, and because he's pitched in such high profile situations with with the Yankees, particularly. That, and, and with so many famous names down there, he kind of tends to get lost in the shuffle, but he's, he's really good. And you know, it's not the first time we've tried to acquire him. It's just the first time we've been successful in trying. Good. You, you, you address the bullpen. Still looking at rotation guys at all? Not really. Uh, tough to imagine how we're going to fit much more uh, on our pitching staff. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bodies, and there's only so many chairs. So we're going to have to be creative in how we work it right now. And we're not closing the door on the potential to add something else in the in the rotation. But we're certainly not. You know, I wouldn't say we're hopeful that something's going to happen. And you know, we, we're still ear to the street on what we can do in terms of adding another position player to the club if that possibility exists. So. I wouldn't anticipate we're going to do anything else. This is likely it, but you know how we go. It's a, it's possible. I feel you're bringing in some guys though, that don't have minor league options. You've lost some of your flexibility. How are you going to make that work? Erasmus also coming back. He's out of minor league options. Nate's out of minor league options. It's going to be a little difficult, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, we're going to have to take a look as we go through, discuss these next couple of days. We have a pretty idea, a good idea about where we're going to go with it. And, you know, you'll see it come together over these next, I'd say, 48 hours as these guys report. So there it is. Uh, we'll see if they do anything else before the deadline. It is just a few hours away. Always an exciting time around baseball. We'll talk more about that tomorrow if anything else goes down. Right now, though, let's get more of a, an inside view at the Houston Astros with Robert Ford. Robert, you look at the Astros, and we've been watching them from afar for so long, and it's a little bit of a – it looks like Mariners have had their struggles in July. Looks like the Astros have had some, too. Yeah, particularly since the All-Star break. The Astros, right before the break, had a a lengthy stretch where they played a lot of bad teams. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, But they've really struggled to hit in the second half. They were hoping to have Carlos Correa back from a back injury when the All-Star break began, or after the All-Star break. That wound up not happening. He's hopefully coming back uh, next week. Jose Altuve now going on the disabled list. Uh, and is going to miss this series, probably come back over the weekend. At least that's the hope at this point with a knee injury. So uh, when you're playing without those two guys, it, it makes it a lot tougher. How are you trying to survive without those two guys in that lineup? Well, Yuli Gurriel started at second base yesterday. He's going to start there again today. His first two starts in the United States at second base. He played there a lot in Cuba. As a matter of fact, he, his double play partner, he was telling me in Cuba when he was a teenager, was Yunel Escobar, who's you know had a pretty good big league career. Uh, but Yuli's going to be playing some second base. You'll probably see Marwin Gonzalez get some time there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alex Bregman, although I think A.J. likes to keep Bregman on the left side of the diamond, mostly a third and short. Uh, but just kind of mix and match. And some of that also depends, too, if Altuve is indeed uh, going to be back this weekend when the Astros are in L.A. to take on the Dodgers, then it's less likely that they'll just put one guy there and they can just mix and match for a few days. Robert, great to see you. And i got to ask you about Mr. Cole. I've always liked him, reading about him when he was at UCLA, liked him at Pittsburgh. Man, he's getting it done for you guys. Yeah, he's pitching great. And, I mean, probably the best season he's had, at least to this point in his career. And you're talking about a guy who won 19 games just three years ago with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's really bought into using his four-seam fastball more and elevating it. That's something that Astros pitching coach Brent Strom is is really big on. He got really hurt with his two-seamer last year. He allowed 
uh, career-high 31 home runs with the Pirates last year. A lot of them were on that two-seamer, which seemed to go right in the right-handed hitter's barrels. Uh, the home run rate has gone down this year, although he's still very much a fly ball pitcher, so he's going to give up some. But using that four-seamer, elevating it more, using his slider more, been the two biggest differences for him this year. Robert, we saw what they did with Charlie Morton last year, and now they do something. So, you know, they, they take a good pitcher and make him better in Cole. What is the process there? What does that look like when, when that happens? Well, I think it's a combination of analytics and also just look, just using your eyes. And I think Brent Strom does a really good job of that. He's the oldest pitching coach in the big leagues. He's 69 years old. But... When you, when you talk to him, he has a great understanding of the analytics. Uh, he really was believing in a lot of those, even before a lot of other front offices were. Uh, so it's kind of a, a good match. And uh, the analytics team actually has met with several of the pitchers, and I know they met with Cole when he first came over here and talked about some of the things that they saw based on the analytics, things that maybe they could throw this pitch more and throw this pitch less, things of that nature. And my understanding is Cole was all in on all of it everything that the Astros talked about all the numbers all the analytics they showed him he's a really sharp guy you know mentioned went to UCLA uh his dad is a PhD has a PhD so you know he didn't he didn't come from a a a family that that lacked education to say the least so he gets all that stuff and he can and he can process that and then translate it onto the diamond visiting with Astros radio announcer Robert Ford Robert the last time I saw you you were wearing a manhole cover (laughs) on your finger that was the World Series ring. Uh, what a year for your franchise last year. What did winning the World Series mean to the city of Houston? I mean, it meant a lot. I mean, it's something that a lot of Astros fans wondered if they would ever see. It had been the World Series one other time in 2005. It got swept by the yeah. Chicago White Sox. And then, obviously, the rebuilding process was, was pretty lengthy. Three straight 100 lost seasons, the last of which was 2013 so a lot of fans wondered if that day would ever come for a number of reasons and it's meant a lot to the city and then obviously you had the devastation with Hurricane Harvey uh, in late August last year and we heard from a lot of fans about how you know just what the Astros were able to do one it just made things somewhat normal that they could at least count on watching the Astros every day and also too obviously with what a great season they were having helped a lot of people take their minds off what what they were dealing with with Harvey. What about for you? Keep growing up in the Bronx, you get to call a World Series championship. I mean, you go back to the hood, yo, hey. <laughs> Good to see you, boys. How's everything? I tell you what, it's one of those things where you imagine what it, what it will be, and it's way above what you could have ever dreamed of. And, I mean, I think that's what everybody hopes they're a part of if you're in baseball as a player, as a coach, as a manager, as a broadcaster, whatever, you're, whatever you do, you hope you – get an opportunity to be around a World Series champion. I'm pretty fortunate that that happened to me. And I think what made it even more special was the first in Astros history. So when people talk about the first championship in Astros history, I can always say I was there for that and I got to call that. And I'm glad I got to be uh, at least some some part of uh, what was happening and at least conveying what was going on to, to the folks back in Houston. Got to talk about the bullpen. That's kind of been up and down for the Astros all year long. It looks like some moves have been made to solidify that. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously bringing in Ryan Presley from the Minnesota Twins I think is really going to help. He's having a great year, has tremendous stuff. He's made one appearance so far. And of course, the Astros making the trade today, getting Roberto Osuna from the Toronto Blue Jays, who had been their closer, of course, serving that 75-game suspension. So he's been pitching, I guess, in minor league games in Toronto's system. He's going to pitch in a game or two in the Astros system, from what A.J. Hinch was saying before he's activated probably on Sunday is when he's eligible to be activated when the Astros are in L.A. Uh, but certainly, you look at it on paper, the bullpen should be better. 
other thing, and it's it's silly to kind of be picking apart the team that's been at the top for so long, but the home record this year has been a, a little bit surprising. What's going on at home? It was the same last year. I mean, this team was so much better on the road than they were at home last year. But then when the playoffs rolled around, uh, they uh, tied a record for home postseason wins and only lost one game at home, and it was during the World Series, Game 4. So uh, when the team needed to win at home, they certainly were able to do so in October. Uh, but it's just it's weird the way that has gone. What do you make of the A's? I think they're really good. I think the A's are really good. I think you guys are really good. I think the A's are really good. And um, it's going to be fun to watch these three teams the rest of the year and, and see how things shake out. Biggest little ball player in Major League Baseball is Jose Altuve. This young man is absolutely phenomenal. You have a chance to be with him and see him every day. What makes Altuve so special, Robert? Well, I think number one is the work ethic. And nobody works harder. He's always looking to get better. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, before last season, had won three batting titles, and he had dinner with Carlos Beltran after Beltran signed with the Astros as a free agent before last season. And Beltran's told the story. He's like, Jose Altuve looked me dead in the eye and said, Carlos, I want to get better. And he got better last year. We saw even more of the power, obviously winning the yeah. American League MVP award. Uh, and he's, he just grinds every single day. He's a guy who really leads by example. He can be vocal when he needs to, but he more leads by example. But I think the number one thing about Jose Altuve is that work ethic. It's unmatched in that Astros clubhouse and probably in a lot of others. Who's picked up the slack? Since Altuve's been down? Well, that's been part of the problem. And I think, I mean, certainly there are guys who are capable. Tyler White had a good game. Uh, yesterday against the Rangers, even though the Astros lost. He's a guy with, with quite a bit of power who's put up good numbers in the minor leagues and has had success intermittently at the big league level. J.D. Davis has a, is a, a really good power hitter. He's going to be playing third base uh, quite a bit over the next few days. I think they need guys to pick up the slack. Tony Kemp has been a really pleasant surprise for the Astros with what he's been able to yeah. do. Guy who gives you a really good at bat. He hits tough pitching. He hits lefties, even though he's a left-handed hitter. Uh, and he, he really makes a pitcher work. 